On this week's mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're talking about our favorite movie, Spaceships. Hello and welcome to a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I'm still John Rooney. And today, in honor of next week's podcast where we discuss the 1996 Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Mae Whitman classic (laughs) Independence Day, we're talking about our favorite movie spaceships. (laughs) I can't shake them! (laughs) Whoop, 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 whoop. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> was that a Jetsons? It sure <laughs> fucking was, was that buddy. It? Yep. <laughs> technically not a spaceship because it just goes into the upper atmosphere it's of our also Earth. also technically a space car. <laughs> All right, let's get it going. Patrick, what is your favorite spaceship? You know, I thought about this. I didn't want to go Star Trek, but then I had to. And I'm going Klingon Bird of Prey. And my reasoning for this is because in Star Trek V, as we all remember, the Klingon Bird of Prey is what murders God. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. If you don't don't remember, uh, Star Trek V does feature a scene where Captain Kirk uh, uh, meets an old man on an asteroid in a house. And he's God. He's totally God. And they fucking talk. And uh, Spock gets beamed up to a Klingon bird of prey where he talks with the general from the uh, peace uh, planet and they let Spock get on the guns where he shoots the fuck out of God. (laughs) God then blows up. God's planet then begins to collapse in on itself. Kirk is quickly rescued and uh, I assume God is dead. Well, no, just in time for them to all go back to Earth and sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat <laughs> yes, around exactly. a campfire and eat beans. Which I will have you note that the Bird of Prey gets them to their destination in a timely fashion with all of the comforts of the 21st or the 23rd century. Who wrote this movie? Richard Dawkins? <laughs> no, I William actually, Shatner. I think it was Shatner. I think it was Shatner. It's like Christopher I think he did write it. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. It has that great Shatner performance of, No, I need my pain. You can't take that away from me. My pain makes me who I am. (laughs) I want to tell you something. That meant a lot to me when I was like 12. (laughs) It's a very emo thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't immediately turn around and just start singing, Love, love will tear us apart. (laughs) (laughs) Just Shatner in thick eye makeup. Just jamming a Joy Division. <laughs> With his Smith's t-shirt. <laughs> Meets murder. <laughs> Guys, today really is a blue Monday. <laughs> John, what is your favorite spaceship? Oh boy, I definitely gotta go for the uh, Millennium Falcon from the Star Wars... Uh, four of the Star Wars movies is... is yeah. I'm... Not concurrent with the trilogies, although no, it is also makes a cameo in Revenge of the Sith, so that is five of the canonical seven. Uh, it is my favorite spaceship designed after a hamburger with a bite taken out and an olive fall into the side. <laughs> of course. Which is how Ralph McQuarrie originally got the idea for the general shape of the uh, Millennium Falcon. It's it, it just is so iconic and full of character 
unto itself. Sure, because unlike a lot of the spaceships that you see in movies, it's kind of a hunk of junk. Yeah. It's clearly just being held together with whatever the Star Wars equivalent of yeah. duct tape is. Yeah. And it's like always breaking down. It's rickety. You gotta hit it just right to get it to turn yeah. on. Yeah, the thing that always got me about it is it seems like it's giant on the outside, but it, they essentially have the living space of a tank. Well, because they've the got thing. so they've got the cockpit where yeah. you can fit up to five to seven people, and then they've got the cargo area where they have the training montage where Luke <laughs> is fighting the remote right. and the, the space and the chest. chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the rest of it are like secret compartments for smuggling. Ah. So like it it's supposed to look small, but then also have all this room that he can put. I don't know, his fucking Doom Spice in or gotcha. whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. Whatever you smuggle in Star Wars. <laughs> Doom Spice? <laughs> the He's got a tray back there, I guess. I don't Han know. Han Solo took a, a stop over on a rocket. <laughs> picked up a couple sandworms. <laughs> He's uh, taking Paul Atreides on his fucking jihad across the universe. <laughs> yeah, and I do love it because it gets to be flown by one of my favorite characters. That's right. Lando Calrissian, Billy D himself in the oh, Battle of Endor. I thought you were going to say Nian Numb. <laughs> oh, I do love him. And I do love that he's back in The Force Awakens. Yeah, I'm it is yeah. delightful. Uh, but rewatching Star Wars, especially the end of Empire Strikes Back, where they're not sure if they're going to get Harrison Ford back for another one, it is very clear that they are setting up Billy D. Williams to be the replacement Lando, right down to the fact where the last scene, he is wearing Han Solo's clothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, he, like, I almost kind of want to see that Return of the Jedi with Billy D. as the Lando character, or, or as, the like, the Han Solo equivalent. Yes. Because he has such an interesting story in those movies <clears throat> where he's shitty smuggler turned, I guess... Ruler of Cloud City Bespin, where they've yeah. got the Tabana gas tanks. Well, he's a city. He's a city planner who just kind of got a little over his head, like Mister Roboto. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like pulls his ripcord and gets out of there before the Empire takes it over and is back in the rebellion. And he has to earn the trust of a bunch of people who watched him betray his best friend. Yeah, like it's a really cool story arc, and I really hope we get to see more Lando. Yeah. I like the Millennium Falcon because. It, despite its being, like, just the most rickety of rickety ships, it's also, like, the fastest ship. Like, he's outrunning everybody. And not just, like, you know, the local bulk cruisers. I'm talking the, the big, big Carillion ships. He's fucking crushing it. I love it. He's he's outrunning fucking TIE fighters. Mm-hmm. He, I, it's a great ship. I love that yeah, ship. He can outmaneuver yeah. it. It can survive being digested by a space worm for a while. Yeah, of course. Uh, even though there are Minocs, uh chewing on the power couplings. Yeah, Minocs, yeah. I will say this, and what makes it even better is it can sit under a sheet on a desert planet for like 30 years, and it takes one person to just turn it on, and it flies fine. Yeah, I mean, it is the equivalent of that shitty Volvo you got 13 years yeah. ago that still runs. <laughs> Won't die. All right, finally, Mark, your favorite spaceship. Uh, I also gotta go Star Wars. I feel bad about this, uh, and I'm suck it, Star Trek nerd. <laughs> Killed God. <laughs> uh, I gotta go with the X Wing. I gotta take the X Wing. For me, the X Wing is the perfect combination of aesthetically pleasing and also functionality. 
It's a cool-looking ship with movable wings, but it also has two different weapon systems. It's got the, the quad lasers on the wings yeah. and the photon torpedoes. It has its own hyperdrive, which means it can just zip in and out of existence whenever it wants and blow you the fuck away. It's uh, small enough to destroy an entire moon-sized space station. Yeah. Three times! <laughs> well, and that's kind of the big question. Are you going the classic original trilogy X-Wing, or are you going for the Force Awakens sleek two-engine No, X-wing? I'm going for the, the classic original X-Wing. I mean, uh, I like that four-engine, like, four-laser, mm-hmm. you know, straight-up Luke's, like, you know, fucking Red 5 X-Wing. That is a, it's just such a cool looking ship. And you got like the little droid hole where it can pop up and like fix things. And much like the Millennium Falcon, you can crash that thing into a swamp, pull it out with the force and it works fine. You just got to get the snakes out of the engines. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is just a very, very, uh, uh, amazing ship. I don't know. It's one of my favorites. Uh, there's a couple honorable mentions I think we can we can go over as far as other spaceships. Uh, as you can hear it outside, there's some fireworks going on. It's not July 4th, but people are celebrating anyways because we're talking about spaceships in advance of Independence Day. They're doing it for us. Yay! Yay. Uh, you probably can't even hear it, but still, stay we can. Stay on target, stay on target. <laughs> I can't shake him! Did it hit? No, it just impacted on the surface. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some honorable mention spaceships I think we can talk about. There's the Nostromo from Alien. Which uh, is, hey, let's put a bunch of garbage and throw it in space. <laughs> yeah. It is designed exclusively to be dark, wet, and scary all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the Sulaco, which is from Aliens, mm-hmm. which is the giant space marine ship. Which is, let's bolt a bunch of guns together and throw it up into space. <laughs> yeah. The most is lack space station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And with a few modifications, you can turn one gun into five guns. Uh, there's the bl- whoa! Did Harry Shear just come in? What's going on? Hey, Hank Azaria, do more Simpsons voices. Uh, there's the Borg cube, which is oh, a pretty yeah. dope ship. I like Definitely. the Borg cube, but the Borg sphere is, I think, superior design. I like the sphere. The sphere just for some reason has more personality to me than a cube. That's true. It looks more like a smiley face. I get it. Yep. It reminds you of your own balls. (laughs) Yes, my balls are one giant gray (laughs) and assimilate thing. Yes, they are. It also comes out of a larger cube when it's being destroyed, travels back in time, and recreates first contact. I mean... I understand, listeners, that John is taking a sarcastic tone, but everything that he's described is completely true. It's yeah, factually accurate. Yeah. This is just how my voice sounds. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's also factually accurate. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, Flight of the Navigator, the spaceship from Flight of the Navigator. I'm going to be honest, the only thing I remember from Flight of the Navigator is the Red Wagon. Look, I have no idea what's in Flight of the Navigator. It's a dumb kid who gets kidnapped by a spaceship, and it's got a dumb little eye that comes out in the middle of it that talks to him, and they fly around the cosmos, and when he comes back, it's like 20 years later, and he's been missing. Fuck you guys for not knowing Flight of the Navigator! Um, uh, How about the tiny little robots with batteries not included? They're basically spaceships! I, I think I need to to uh, initiate a vote of no confidence yeah, right. in Mark's leadership <laughs> right. of this podcast. Uh, listeners, I would like everyone to know that I don't know what the fuck Flight of the Navigator is, and I did not consent to that being honorably mentioned. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? The E.T.'s seconded you in motion, John, so it's passed. <laughs> no one knows what Flight of the Navigator is. No confidence in Vote now, me. vote now, <laughs> vote now. Uh, one, more, one more ship I want to mention 
the Serenity from Firefly. That is a really nice. Is a really ship, cool yeah. looking ship. Um, anyone else? Anyone else get an Alan? I, I just real mentioned? quick want to say because I have a soft spot for just the the zip pow Flash Gordon aesthetic of it, but I absolutely love the design of the Planet Express ship from Futurama. Yeah, yeah. it is just iconic and stupid and wonderful. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Definitely very good. The Enterprise, I guess. Of course, it's all right. Doesn't need to be mentioned. Yeah. It's, it's the Whatever. best ship always. Nah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with John on this one. All I right. do like the fact that its big dumb plate can separate from its big dumb like <laughs> high five arms. <laughs> <laughs> the saucer the... from the engine? Is yeah. that what you mean? No, he meant the big dumb plate. Separating it from its big, dumb, high-five arms. That's what's in the blueprints, Patrick. Read the Star Trek technical guide sometime. I have. I'm sure that's true. So for another uh, special mini-soda, I always say special. They're not special. We do them all the time. Uh, Every moment with you guys is special. Oh, that's very sweet. I'd like to take a vote of no confidence on John. Seconded. (laughs) Motion passes. This is outrageous. Where is the proof? Uh, John, please Brexit from the podcast. <laughs> uh, for another Minnesota Body Counts of Beer, I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am John Rooney with so many more Star Wars prequel lines. <laughs> and once again, I am Mark Rosenthal being assimilated into John Rooney's ball sack. Thank you very much. Good night. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast. Check out our Tumblr at BodyCountsAndBeer.tumblr.com and email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.